0: Time now for our feature interview. Ruahei DeMont, our Black Ferns captain, joins us on the line. Ruahei, great to have you part of our first Black Ferns show today. Uh, Tell us, what does your day look like now that you're a professional athlete? Kia ora, Kirsty.
1: Um, Thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, Yeah, now that I'm a professional athlete, um, the days look very different to... um, when I was working full-time, that's yeah. for sure. Um, there's no more 5.30 a.m. gym sessions. Um, most days, um, the girls and I go into training around any time between 7 or 9. Um, we'll have either um, a strength session. Um, some days, it's uh, speed. Sometimes, they're focusing on power. Um, we do skill sessions, and those are all very specific to our positions. Um, we do a lot of conditioning and off-seat conditioning. Um, we have educational sessions as well throughout the week. So um, for a sports player that can look anything like um, mental skills, um, helping us with our on-field and off-field um, tactics and skills to help us deal with pressure or, you know, kind of resets or anything that can happen in the game. Um, And, of course, there's on-field rugby trainings in there as well and um, game day (laughs) and recovery.
0: It's full on, isn't it? It's full on. Um, When you mentioned game day, obviously you've just finished uh, the Pacific Four series and you went through that unbeaten as well three from three um which was an ama- amazing accomplishment and to also have rugby back in new zealand was fantastic as well what did you learn about the team uh, over those last three weeks being in camp together and having some game time
1: yeah um it was so nice to be able to play at home mm. um, i think the last time we had the opportunity to to play international tests at home was before the pandemic um, and that made a massive difference to how the girls got up each game, um, and our our desire to play and play well in front of our families. Um, it, it was it was so awesome to have that home support. Um, the not only the not just the three weeks, but I guess just since the start of the year, as we've built towards, you know, the Rugby World Cup that's mm. kicking off in October. Um, we've spent a lot of time creating and building trust off the field um, and, you know, creating those off-field connections. And I think that translated to our on-field performance. Um, I love the courage that the girls showed um, each training that we turned up to in each game. It seemed to be there every time we played a game It was pouring down with rain. (laughs) But that didn't stop um, the girls' willingness to try and play an up-tempo style of rugby. Um, and I know that that's something that we will continue to enhance
0: um, and do as we build towards the World Cup. You talk about the style, um, and yes, you're right, the weather wasn't ideal, but we saw, still saw how you wanted to play. How has the style changed um, playing under Wayne Smith, and does that suit your game? Does that suit Kiwis more, do you think? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's actually changed that
1: much, Um, I think it's been refreshing having a new voice there for the girls. Um, The the initial style is obviously really fast and, um, you know, he likes to play on top of his opposition and keep the ball alive. And I think that that was something that we tried to do with um, our previous coach, but I don't think that um, we were all quite there. Um, Personally, I think that since the girls, you know, the majority of the team has now become professional um, and we've been able to get ourselves into better physical shape and um, better execute our skill set. Um, it's made a massive difference to our ability to actually execute the game plan.
0: Yeah, and it is so fantastic that you are now professional athletes as well. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the debutants over the series. You're obviously skipper um, and one of the wiser heads in the team, but you had quite a number of debutants. Is every game like a trial match because you don't have that many uh, games before the World Cup and there's so much competition, right? Like the depth in women's rugby in New Zealand right now is incredible.
1: Yeah, there's so much depth, um, not only in the squad that was playing, but just in yeah. general across like all the Flora Palmer teams as well. Um, and it's crazy to see how talented all these young players are, you know, coming straight out of school. We even had um, young Kelsey Tienete come across on the sevens environment. Yeah. Um, it, it creates a massive load of competition between positions, but um, it brings out the best in the girls. Um, and we all know that, you know, everyone's gunning for those spots. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a headache for our coaches, <laughs> but it's so fun as
0: a player. Yeah, it's it's a good headache as well. I'm sure that they would rather have this competition, right? Um, I wanted to park the rugby yeah. for a little bit and actually talk about your journey because um, – we always hear like how you, when you get to the top, but we don't often hear about the journey to get there. And you've had an interesting journey. Um, you obviously grew up in the Bay of Plenty um, with five siblings. You grew up speaking to the o Māori as well. So that's a big part of you. But can you just talk to us um, about growing up and about your journey into this black jersey? Yeah, um, like you, like you said,
1: I'm from a really small community in the eastern Bay of Plenty. Um, and our first game when we played in Tauranga was my first time I've ever been able to play in front of like my extended whānau,
0: yeah. so
1: that was really special for me, um, and that's the closest I've ever played in the Black Jersey to where, where I come from. Um, uh, like you said, I, I grew up, my whānau my and I grew up um, going to the Kūra Papa. so um, we spoke Māori, um, and my first experience playing rugby was on the marae as a kid uh, with all my cousins. Um, And um, when I was about 12, my my whanau and I, we moved up to the Walkworth area um, for my dad's work, and it wasn't until we moved up there that I started playing girls rugby um, when I was about 12 or 13. And unfortunately, at that time, rugby wasn't uh, like wildly popular. Um, And as I started to get towards the end of high school, that was when the sevens was announced as um, an Olympic sport. Mm. And they started driving the Go for Gold campaign. And so there started to be like a massive rise in popularity of of sevens. And the girls um, were introduced as um, part of the Condor Sevens. Um, But um, in North Harbour, there still wasn't a like a a 15s competition there just wasn't enough interest so my sister and I started playing rugby um, for College Rifles which is a rugby club down here in Auckland and um, I remember walking to training or going to training and my first time walking into the rugby club there was all the club's international players along the front of the bar and like 85% of the players were all black fans and that was my first time seeing anything like that. And we were going to training with players like, um, you know, Jensen and Richards was our coach. Um, we had honestly, oh, I could make na- that, I could na- like a whole black men's team teams, yeah. the amount of black men that were at um, our club trainings. And my sister and I, you know, we saw how they trained and the sacrifices that they made and we wanted to be like them. So, um, that's kind of where we both started, you know, that that fire, I guess, that passion to want to be in the black jersey started. Um, Kitty, my youngest sister, she debuted for the Black Friends in 2015 over in Canada, um, which was massive for our whānau. That was so cool. Um, At the time, uh, I was rehabbing with a knee injury. um, uh, So my... Jersey took, like Jersey took a bit longer than most. I had three ACL reconstructions um, before I got to my trial and had the opportunity to debut in 2018. Um, and I'm really grateful and thankful for my club because it didn't matter whether or not I could or couldn't play. Yeah. Um, the girls, the team were always there too. You know, to to help me, um, and I was always there to help my teammates as well reach their potential. Um, so I have a massive place in my heart for grassroots rugby and and my club, College Rifles. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, guest journey towards the to the black jersey.
0: It's an amazing journey. We're speaking to Roahe Dumont, the captain of our Black Ferns. Um, so many things that I want to talk to you after that about. Uh, firstly, playing rugby at the Marae. Was it rugby? Was it Bull rush? What, what were your memories? Yeah, it was both. <laughs> um, you know, there's no rules. It's either...
1: You, um, you go hard or you cry to someone (laughs) and no one really cares too much about, about us outside. Um, Oh, I guess it's just like anyone who's grown up in the middle of nowhere, you know, when back in the days when you're running around outside barefoot, um, if anyone hit a ball, it didn't really matter what ball it was, what shape it was. The only game we were playing was rugby. Um, yeah, pretty much it.
0: And it's fun, right? Like it is, it is so much fun. Um, the three ACL knee reconstructions, like going through one is tough enough, um, coming back from the rehab, but doing that twice over, or three times over, I should say, um, how difficult was that not only physically, um, but we obviously talk a lot about um, mental health now as well. So how was that for your total wellbeing? Yeah, um, well, the first
1: time I did my knee and I had the surgery, um, I was so young, I didn't really realise that you could have an injury that was so bad that you had to get surgery to fix it up. Yeah. So I guess I was so naive, and the whole process was like a bit of a, an eye-opening experience. Um, the second time, I guess, because it was the same injury, it wasn't too bad, but the third time, that was really tough um, mentally, yeah. because of the physical challenges that came with you know, redoing my... ACL game um it was really really character building and I I learned a lot about you know my identity outside of rugby yeah um and it wasn't all bad like uh I had time then to focus on my studies um to grow passions outside of sport because sports isn't going to be there forever and um that very real realization that, you know, you're only one injury away, mm. one game away from, you know, um potentially never being able to play again. I I know what that feels like.
0: Yeah.
1: Um uh yeah, I, it was it was it was really challenging. It was really challenging, but I, I had really, really uh supportive, yeah. loyal friends, um and family who, you know, despite my ups and my downs, and what was there for me yeah. at the end of the day, um, and I also had a great physio as well who helped me and guided me through my um, my rehab and you're yeah, having a great physio makes a massive difference
0: yeah and as you say having a great support system as well um you mentioned study I just wanted to mention it uh, for those that don't know uh, you are also a lawyer does that help you when you're on the <laughs> playing field especially being skipper trying to talk to the referee and get your point across
1: I think anyone who's been a captain or, you know, tried to talk to a referee <laughs> will know that it doesn't matter what your background is. <laughs> it's pretty hard to try and um, change their mind. Um, I, I, I think that, like, if if one of my friends, like Kendra Cox, said she yeah. was the captain, you know, because she's right there, right by the ref all the time, she'd probably give the, the ref a headache. So I think <laughs> they're probably happy that I'm the captain, <laughs> but I'm a bit further away, so there's not that constant chat. <laughs>
0: It's so inspiring, though. It's so inspiring hearing your story and having you as our Black Fern Skipper. And we so appreciate that you've given up your time to come and talk to us on the Black Fern Show today.